1: Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. My guest today for Song of the Soul is Tom Goss. He's a singer-songwriter with lots of heart, and the fact that he's free to create his music and to travel around sharing it is our gain but the Catholic Church's loss. We could have missed out on this gift of music because Tom was headed to the priesthood when his path got altered. I think it's a net gain for the world, and I think you'll agree. Tom joins us today. From the East Coast. Tom, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: You're out in Washington, aren't you?
2: Yeah. I live in Washington DC.
1: How long have you been there? Is that where you originated from?
2: I'm actually from Wisconsin and I moved out to Washington DC about six years ago.
1: Why would you leave Paradise to go to the metropolitan area? <laughs>
2: I had been living near Kansas City, because that's where I went to school. And I actually decided that I wanted to be a priest. So I was doing graduate work out in Washington, D.C. And that's how I got to the city originally. But yeah, I love the city, so I'm still here.
1: How was your childhood in Wisconsin? Was it good?
2: I love Wisconsin. I really enjoy being in Wisconsin. I love coming back to Wisconsin. Yeah, I really, I think I had a great childhood. But it's just not where I need to be right now.
1: Were you a musician as a child? How far back does your musical experience
2: go? I didn't start playing an instrument until I went to college. It's interesting because I didn't play music at all in Kenosha, which is where I'm from, but I was always an athlete, and so I played a lot of sports, and I went to college to wrestle as well, and I wrestled through college. So everybody back home thinks of me as an athlete, and when I come home and I have shows at home every now and again, it's kind of a novelty, kind of a strange thing, and I think people are just starting to understand 10 years after I left that, oh my gosh, you know, he's doing this different thing, and it's good, and it's interesting, and it's cool, and, but it's completely opposite of the angry, aggressive, athletic person <laughs> that I was when I was in Kenosha.
1: Angry, aggressive. That doesn't sound like priest material either. How does this all fit together?
2: Yeah, that was not in the cards when I was in Kenosha either. I had a good childhood, but I also had some anger issues and, you know, my parents were divorced and there were some bad things as well. In general, i fairly aggressive as a person. And so when I was in my early teens, it all kind of pulled together at the same time. It did not make for a great picture. So, yeah, you know, I used to fight all the time and all that kind of good stuff. And then I was a gymnast at the time and uh, I transitioned over to wrestling. And that seemed like a better outlet for my aggression, beating people up. <laughs> You know, but I think a combination of that kind of physical outlet and then picking up the guitar when I was 18 for kind of my emotional, spiritual outlet, I think those kind of things calm me down and help me process through whatever it was at the time that was making me angry.
1: When you started up with your guitar, did you start composing songs right away or was that an eventual thing you became a singer-songwriter?
2: You know, it kind of was almost immediate. I can remember writing songs and recording songs when I was a freshman in college. So I had picked up the guitar only a couple of months before then. So, yeah, I think it was pretty immediate. Now, I I don't want to say that these songs were any good because they were horrid. You know, after, I don't know, five or six years of writing songs, they stopped being the worst songs you ever heard in your life.
1: Well, I think people would like to hear some of the songs. Let's start out your song of the soul, Tom. Where would you like to go?
2: Well, let's start with Rise. This is an interesting song, just topically what we're talking about. This song for me is about kind of integration of life, the integration of your past, the integration of things you used to do, kind of reinventing yourself and reintegrating yourself. And since we're on the topic, why don't we play Rise?
3: Face. It slips away, but in a dream I'll find Everything worth wondering, truth to fuel this life And now it's time to say goodbye And to leave our skins behind Street, choose a path to run and tenderness, and all this sweet lover's kiss, simply sad and sung. And now it's time to say goodbye and to leave our skins behind. Let the dog. Last shadows cling and fight, now stubbornness, this patient kiss bids a child good night. Nice. Now it's time, now it's time to, to say goodbye, to say goodbye and to leave our skins behind.
1: That was Rise by today's Song of the Soul Guest, Tom Goss. And as he said, it's about integrating his past. Now I, I note some of the stuff in the song, Tom. It's time to say goodbye and leave our skins behind. I you know when I first heard that, I wasn't quite sure what it was about and this leave our skins behind, that kind of struck me as you know going on to the new being.
2: Yeah, that's always the case, but at the same time, you can't... I mean, for me personally, I like to shed the things that hold me back, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm getting rid of it all. So when I quit being in seminary, I left the things behind that were holding me back and that were a negative influence, but I I try to keep the positive things, the things that I learned. And so we all put on different masks. We all play different roles throughout our life, and and at some point in your life, you, you switch roles. But the experiences that you had before that don't disappear. So for me, it's more of an integration process than a process of reinvention.
1: You mentioned that you weren't sure that the Catholic Seminary was ever a good match for you. You said something to that effect. What was it that moved you towards going to Catholic Seminary, and what clarity was it that allowed you to move in a different direction?
2: Well, I was I was always really interested in social justice. When I was in college, I was a couple years into college, and, and wrestling was great at, at all, but at this point I had kind of moved beyond the anger that was fueling it, so it was a little more boring to me. So I started looking for a different outlet, and I found the Newman Center, which was driven by a really social justice-oriented pastor, and I've always been really interested in reconciliation and ecumenism and interreligious dialogue. That's just what interests me. I had the idea that, for me to work with reconciliation and to work with ecumenism and interreligious dialogue, the best platform for me to do that was within the Catholic Church. So that's what I pursued. You know, for the most part, it was a really bad experience. So, you know, a part of me is really, really happy that it was because I'm a fairly stubborn person. And when I say I'm going to do something, that usually means that I'm going to do something. And so for me, I think for me to leave that kind of commitment, it, it had to be really bad. My main goals, if you listen to my music and you listen to me talk, are still about humanism and interreligious dialogue and and reconciliation, first and foremost. So those goals and those missions haven't changed at all. I think the platform that that I'm using to try to attain those goals has changed.
1: You know, I really don't want to give any black eyes to the Catholic Church. I was raised Catholic, even though I'm Quaker now, and it was a good upbringing for me. It was a positive experience for me. It just didn't fit for where I needed to be eventually. You said that the seminary experience was a bad experience for you. Do you care to put any more flesh on that statement?
2: You know, I think the Catholic Church has made a lot of mistakes over the past and continues to every day, but I... I think there's a lot of really great and amazing people in the Catholic Church as well. Me personally, it was a really unhealthy living situation. I found that living in in the religious communities that I was living in was really unhealthy. And I know that that people say this a lot, but the truth of the matter is there are predators who live in and are kind of hidden by the Catholic Church. So in my instance, it was a situation where people wanted to have a relationship with me that I wasn't interested in having with them. And I was young at the time, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to, to notice the red flags and deal with them appropriately. And so part of that's on me, but it was just a really unhealthy living situation and, and it kinda became it kinda became all consuming. And so after about six months of kind of this awkwardness, one of my um, classmates broke into my room in the middle of the night and it was just like it was just awkward. And I wish that would have been the end of it, but it wasn't. I mean, it just was like you can't make up any more unhealthy living situations. It was just a really unhealthy living situation. And like I said, I, I'm grateful that it was that bad and that destructive because otherwise I'd probably still be there, not as happy as I could be, not as happy as I am now.
1: Well, it sounds like you are in a happy place now, and that probably brings up all kinds of good music that just burbles out of you, you know? So what other music has come up for you? What other music has come through
2: you? Well, almost immediately after I left seminary, I met my partner, and he's amazing. We've been together now for five years. We're getting married in October. I'm very excited about the whole thing. So why don't we go ahead and play Lover, which is a love song.
1: This is Tom Goss and his song, "Lover."
3: Winter. Take my hand and take my heart In these times when we're apart You are still my lover I can feel your whisper close Like the sweetness of a rose When I turn I hear your voice You're my only lover They say that everyone A thousand years of love may come To wrap you up and tie your bone Well, I've got mine you met me off the train you knew my face you knew my name it's my soul you came to claim yeah you heal me lover you held me close, you held me tight those arms they took me through the night wake to grant me a new life, you inspire me lover they say mine Tragedy seems to strike At the peak of any life, no, no matter what it tries You are still my lover i hold you close, i hold you fast, and wipe those tears back with my hand And when we both return to Sam, you are still my lover, they say. take you to the great unknown well I've got my
1: That was Tom Goss and his song, Lover. Tom is with us here today for Song of the Soul. And, Tom, you said that your partner and you are getting married in a few months now, in October. I believe that Washington, D.C. is one of the places that provides gay marriage, though Wisconsin, unfortunately, does not allow it here. There are a handful of places out east, out near you, where it's legal but in the Midwest, Io is our only option currently. Are you getting married right there in D.C.?
2: Yeah, we are. We're lucky to be in a place where it's recognized legally.
1: I assume, Tom, that that kind of equality work that allows people get married to whomever they love is part of the social justice work that has motivated you. Is that one amongst many? Are there a lot of topics of social justice which have been, are big for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's my main focus now, but I also run a meal program for the homeless here in Washington, D.C., and that was kind of where it started in the district for me, was doing work for the homeless. And so that was my main focus for a while, and I I ran the program on a day-to-day basis for a couple years until I started touring about half the year, and, and now I primarily do the development. So I'm I'm very lucky to be able to be grounded in in a local community and be grounded in social justice while still being able to do my music full-time. And so, yeah, it's great, because I mostly telecommute. I'm very lucky.
1: You know, the song that we just listened to, Lover, we might think of that as a romantic song, but because your partner is also male, it takes on a social justice overtone to it. Are you a romantic poet uh, for the most part? Or, you know, social justice, are there equal parts in you? A number of the songs, I think, on your album, uh, they certainly speak of the love and the relationship and finding soul partner.
2: Yeah. No, that's a good question. I've never thought of myself as a romantic poet or even a poet at all. So I don't really know how to answer that question. Maybe. I would say, for me, I, I look for themes that are unifying. I don't really like to focus on things that are divisive. And so for me, there's, there's a lot of forces that are unifying, but not many that are, that are more unifying or more universally understood as love. So that tends to come out a lot in my music as well. And I was talking to my friend the other day who was talking about one of her songs that referenced God. And I think I referenced God a lot in my music as well, not necessarily because I want it to be a religious song, but because I think love and God are these are these two kind of universal themes that we understand that are powerful than us and that are, that unify all of us. Whether we even believe that a God exists, I'm not sure we have an, another vocabulary word that describes kind of this all-unifying power or this, this power that's greater than us. So, I mean, I, I tend to look for... When I write, I don't write very consciously, to be honest. It just kind of comes out, and, and I think that I'm, I'm the most honest that I've ever been when I'm writing a song, because I'm not editing myself. And I'm always looking for something that's bigger and something that's unifying, and I think that becomes love a lot. And so I write about love.
1: Do you still practice as a Catholic? Were you raised Catholic?
2: I was raised Catholic, but no, I don't practice. I mean, I'm not sure what I, what I call myself these days. I definitely don't call myself much of anything, maybe, maybe agnostic, maybe, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I've always, I've, I've never really had a good grasp for understanding of, of the concept of Jesus, so I've always kind of been able to resonate with this larger God, God-centric theology, but Jesus was always a stretch for me, and the Bible was always a stretch for me, and so, when you, I guess when you have faith, you look over those things, but <laughs> I guess, I, I guess I don't anymore, so... I don't know. I think my music is my spirituality and my, my past is something greater than me at this point.
1: Well, I know one of the things you're meant to be doing is making music, and you've been making a lot of it. The recent CD that came out, do you have some more music from there that you can share with us?
2: Yeah, I want to, actually, since we're on the topic um, of, of, of politics and love, I, I released a, a short EP that's called The Politics of Love, and it's all about, it's a marriage equality EP and this was kind of a hard one for me to release because, like I said, I like to do things that are unifying. And for the most part, it's a four-song EP. The three songs on it were political songs I've written over the past couple of years that are not very unifying. And so I wasn't releasing them, but people kept asking, and I didn't want to release. I didn't want to release these songs unless I had the kind of the unifying song, the song that said, "Look, this may be something that upsets me sometimes, and this may be something that's divisive, but at the end." I would really need to be thinking of this as in terms of love and what that means. So let's listen to The Politics of Love, which, I mean, You Don't Question Love, which is a single off The Politics of Love. And I want to talk a little bit about that when the song done playing as well.
1: Okay, this is You Don't Question Love, a song from his EP, The Politics of Love. It's by Tom Goss.
3: You don't question love. You let it be. You don't give the right to some Then take that right from me And if it's family you want Then welcome to my home Love is something my family owns You don't tell a child You can't be raised here And I can see their eyes And in them questioning and fear Cause a family they know Is one that takes you home Loves you more than you'll ever know Take it fast now, or take it slow Your deepest breath, you know, deserves one more Cause I'll never kiss the face of a more beautiful soul You don't question love, you set it free. Let it grow to something everyone can see. And if you look into your eyes, you will see your love in mine. And you will bless it. And you will bless it. And you will bless it. No, you don't question love.
1: You don't question love. Tom Goss, he's with us here today for Song of the Soul. This is Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and our web address is northernspiritradio.org. And you can go there, and you can hear all our past programs, and you can find links to our guests, like Tom Goss, who's with us today. He's in Washington, D.C. And Tom, that song, You Don't Question Love, you said it was part of your activist song, and you had concerns about whether it would be divisive I think that song felt to me even though some people it lets you know about a wider picture of love than some people accept but it still sounds like very unifying I think you grab pictures of all kinds of love
2: going on yeah that the music video for that I put a message out to people and all over the world and I got videos of people from all over the world you know gay and straight and black and white and just was an amazing process that people were generous enough to you know send me their wedding footage and let me do whatever i wanted with it so yeah that's a really unifying song that's that speaks to the fact that it's you know for me it's about love and and that's really what the issue should be we shouldn't be talking about sex because at the end of the day it's not about sex and and that's i think what people get hung up on and, and that's really not where my focus is at at all So, yeah, that was an amazing, amazing video to be a part of.
1: I guess it's probably no secret to anybody who's been a listener of my program, but I come down on the side of wherever you can nurture and support love, that's a good thing. There was part of a discussion that I had in the Quaker meeting I was part of 25 years ago. We were discussing whether to take marriages of all kinds of people under our care, And one of the things that came up is, well, we can't condone homosexuality because it encourages promiscuity. And then the thought came to me, but wait a minute. If we're providing marriage, we're decreasing the need or the, I guess the the pressure towards promiscuity. So, of course, what we want to do if we don't like promiscuity is to support stable relationships.
2: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing because... You know, and I have this friend of mine that does, does a lot for marriage equality, and, and I was talking to him, and I said, you know, I, I didn't really understand this person's connection. It's, a, you know, an older straight couple would know. Lots of times you get to talk, you know, say that they had a gay son or a gay daughter, and none of this. And I was I talking about that, and he said, well, really, I support marriage equality because I'm so conservative. I was like, okay, yeah, explain that. And I mean, it's the same thing. It's hard to, for me to swallow that you believe in family values, yet at the same time you, you're you restricting people from joining into an institution that promotes an insular family. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I try to stay out of politics. For me personally, I can only speak to my personal life, and I can tell you that, that my love has been the best thing and the thing that has made me grow the most in my life and the thing that has made me... A better person in the universe, and better to other people around me. So, as personal experiences, that's what's most important to me.
1: I'm glad you got it. Not everybody finds their true love, their soul partner, and is able to find a stable home with that. And there's a lot of forces in our society that pull us apart, that make it hard to love, that you know, get us focused on our jobs or the television or something to the detriment of our relationships.
2: Uh mm-hmm. huh. It's hard. It's a work in progress.
1: Well, I know you've got a lot more music to share, Tom. Where do we go from here for your Song of the Soul?
2: Well, let's stay let's stay on kind of the same topic and move to a song called Till the End, and this is another love song. And this, I guess, would have been... This was a single off my 2009 album, Back to Love, and I guess this was my first foray into politics, although it's not very political at all. But there's a line in it that's political, and, and I was really really didn't want this to be the first single off my album because of that reason and and everybody told me that it had to be (laughs) so i listened to them and i'm very grateful that i did so this is a song called till the end
3: and taking it easy just like a sunday afternoon you're driving me crazy like you always seem to do So I call you lazy And you snooze a day away Sinking swiftly through those dreams of sweets Take your fears and you can lay them at my feet Cause I swear that I'm here till the end. Even if it's not the same as what your God says You see, truly is to blame for what is nonsense Cause God is love and love is good Sinking swift left you do your eyes aglow now you see my face look back at you it's what we know now it's for what we've always yearned sinking swiftly through those dreams of bittersweets take your fear Till the end till the end till the end till the end
1: that was Tom Goss till the end and Tom you said there was a political line in there but I'm not sure I caught it what was the political line
2: Well, I guess it's not very political, but the line, the second verse is, um, and I know what love is, even if it's not the same as what your God says. She truly is to blame for what is nonsense, because God is love and love is good. You know, it's interesting. There's a a video for that as well, which was amazing. And we got couples from all over the city, all different shapes and sizes, and put them in bed and told them to be affectionate with each other in a very G-rated way. and and kind of just put the camera on them and told them to pretend that we weren't there. And it was, uh, you know, an amazing 15 hours of straight shooting and 162 years of combined relationships. And I think in that, in that process, there were seven straight couples and five gay couples. That line, I think, really resonates with the LGBT community um, and that kind of sentiment, especially with the spiritual LGBT community because the video got 100,000 plays and, really responded well with people. But interestingly enough, I think for that same reason, that line, I don't want to say that it, that it alienated straight people, but a lot of times when straight people saw the video, they thought, oh, this is a gay video, instead of, oh, this is a video about all of us. And so it's interesting to see how that perception was different between those who identify as gay and those who identify as straight. And I do think it, a lot has to do with that line.
1: We better remind them to go to your website, tomgossmusic.com, and if you have any trouble figuring out how to spell Tom, Goss or music, try going through northernspiritradio.org, and I have a link to Tom's site. You can find the videos there, hear more of his music, get an idea of his path. It's a rich one to explore, and see the the videos are beautiful. Tom, I really appreciated them. What's next on your musical venue here? Where are we going for your Song of the Soul?
2: Well, I'd like to kind of, I guess, change topics and talk a little bit about somebody in my life who really helped me believe in, in the power of love and a deeply, deeply religious person as well, and that's my grandfather. In 2008, he passed away, and it was very sad. I was on the road. I was actually in Des Moines, Iowa, and I got dropped off in Kansas City, and I flew home, and I, I wrote this song, you know, I, I think I mentioned my parents are divorced. And so as a general rule, I didn't really learn much about what it means to love from them. I mean, love in a relationship. I mean, obviously they loved me and showed me love in a myriad of other ways. But, but in terms of a romantic relationship, it just just didn't happen. But my grandfather, my grandmother passed away in, in 1990. For 18 years, my grandfather, every morning went, visited her at the cemetery and spent time with her talked to her whatever he did just taught me so much about what it meant to be to be loyal and to be faithful and to be dedicated and and to you know that's such that's such a crazy thing to do it's such a it's such a crazy thing to do but but he did it and he didn't care and you know we all tried to get him to do other things that took him away from his love for a day you know let's go here and spend the night somewhere but it just never happened and i think That dedication or even in the afterlife Really spoke a lot to me about what love is So this is a song called Legacy of You
3: In eighteen years The morning comes you meet Your greatest love although She left us long before Holidays There's one I look Most forward to Together like All families do But laugh just like We know Until the end You taught us all To love taught us truth Tales to tell You had them all Save them Like valuable Spokes off With passion In your eyes And of faith That was the rock You built upon Raised children So they'd carry on The legacy Of you Until the end You taught us all To love Taught us truth Rest well Your love is in Your arms and Sing only Sweetest
1: songs, your ears alone can hear. Tom Goss' song, Legacy of You, about his grandfather. That's a pretty moving example. You said that your experience with your parents having been divorced, what age did that happen at, that they divorced?
2: Yeah, I was in fourth grade, so it must have been nine.
1: It's a pretty rough age for that to happen at. You feel like you recovered from that?
2: Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I I don't know if one ever truly escapes the demons of their childhood. So I think that I've learned a lot about the way my parents perceive the world. And it's a lot different than the way that I perceive the world. And I didn't have the tools to deal with it then. I'm not sure at 29 I have the tools to deal with it now. So I think that says a lot about how hard that was at the time. I mean, I think sometimes parents get divorced and it's, it's not that big of a deal and they have a good relationship and they, you know, they communicate effectively. And that was not my parents at all. It was just pretty bad all around. And so, yeah, you know, I'm not sure one ever accepts the fact that they've kind of got this awkward, disjointed family. I mean, I guess I'm as it as I can be.
1: One of my thoughts is, as much as these hard things that happen to us, they have ramifications for years to come. That also means that we know that that area is a problem. We work harder, and I think that bodes well for your upcoming marriage, that you know that it takes work and effort to communicate and to really invest in a relationship. So maybe one of the legacies of that divorce is going to be that your marriage will get the nurture it needs. At least that would be my prayer for you.
2: Well, maybe. you know. I don't know. I think that I'm in a really beautiful place because... I do, I do talk a lot about my relationship and I get people every day who tell me how much that means to them. I work really hard, hard at it. And I think that whether I like it or not, because of the music that I write, I've become an example for relationships all, all over the world. And I'm going to work a little. That. I'm all, I've always been excited about my generation to see what they do with what they've been given. My generation has been given a disjointed family upbringing and last key kids and absent fathers and all these kind of things that, that we wouldn't think are, are positive, but maybe they can be. Maybe people look at relationships and say, I'm not going to be there. You know, I'm going to be there with my kids. I'm going to be there with my wife or my husband or whatever it may be. and I'm going to make something better than the family structure I had."
1: Well, your music certainly does help move in that direction. I think we've got time for one last song, if you want to send us off for Song of the Soul. What do you would like to finish with, Tom?
2: <laughs> I'd like to finish with one that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I wrote, this is a song, this is, I mean, this is a song about love, and this is a song about kind of a long-distance reuniting in, in relationship. And, you know, it's, it's a gorgeous song. It's probably my favorite off the album just because of how beautiful it is. And I'm not from Arkansas, and I don't have anybody in my life from Arkansas. But the words started coming out of my mouth, and so I didn't stop them. But it's, it's a very intriguing idea to have have a lover in a, in a faraway place and to think that even a place like Arkansas, which, which I think most people will say is not the most intriguing and romantic place when they just think of it offhand, but would be. If the person that you you loved was there. And so this is a song called Back to Arkansas.
3: In wandering trains, roll down the track, his tired feet. They ache and crack Fly to Arkansas To see your face Back to Arkansas Call it grace In many queens They sing a tune Of kingdoms lost for me and you, and though the sun had fades to the west. I was- Arkansas, elude the sun, back to Arkansas, back to love, back to love.
1: That was Back to Arkansas. It was the last song for Tom Goss's Song of the Soul today. Tom Goss has been joining us from Washington, D.C. If you want to find him, go to his website, tomgossmusic.com. You can always find him via my site, northernspiritradio.org. Tom, thanks so much for joining me today, and I hope your wedding on October 2nd is just splendid and beautiful. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. That was Tom Goss and the music that he picked out for his Song of the Soul. Because we have a few minutes to spare, you lucked out, and I'm going to send you home with a bonus, one of the songs from his Back to Love CD that I particularly like. Again, you can find Tom's music on his website, tomgossmusic.com, all of his CDs and EPs, Confessions of a Wandering Novice, Naked Without, Rise, Back to Love, Live at Terry's, and The Politics of Love. Your bonus song today is from Back to Love, and this is called Separate Peace by Tom Goss.
3: Your greatest break Was the crook of my mistakes Sent you slowly to the grave Alone, what they knew was just, accused me and held you up, searching truth beyond your trust in me. Now, what
1: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul.
0: Sing out a song of the soul.